Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? This is Charlie, the host of the Big Orange podcast. I have some very annoying news uh, before we kick this episode off. We recorded a full 55 minutes of this episode and we lost 35 minutes of it because the software we were using corrupted the file somehow if you can hear it in my voice i'm not very happy about it but we'll give you the 21 minutes that we or 22 minutes that we were able to salvage and we get some some decent talking done in those 22 minutes it's uh not really the product i wanted to put out this week but it is what it is sometimes life gives you lemons and then you only get 22 minutes of a podcast. So that's uh, <laughs> that's that's what you get. I, I just, you know, I wanted to apologize kind of up, up front and say, sorry, it's it's just going to kind of cut off at, at 22 minutes because that's just what we got. But we wanted to put something out this week because uh, it's fall fall practice started um, and we didn't have time to redo the whole thing. Uh, and I, I just apologize. So um, that's pretty much it. Uh, so here, here's the episode. We'll get in some, I think some Cade Mays talk, some talk about the schedule. We had a whole bunch of talk about fall practice and it's all gone and I'm, ugh, I'm mad about it. Anyway, that's it. Here you go. Here's this week's big orange podcast. Welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris here with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer Zach Reagan. And wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I are talking everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If that sounds good to you, make sure that you go over and subscribe to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on iTunes and Spotify. New episodes drop there every single Monday, and you won't miss a thing if you subscribe. I'm at Charlie underscore Burris on Twitter. Zach's at ZachTNT. Then there's A to Z at A to Z Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Then Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Got all of the academic stuff out of the way. Zach, fall practice actually started this week. And I was excited for like five minutes. And then the NCAA has to come in like the trash garbage fire organization that they are. And they denied Cade Mays' waiver for immediate eligibility. Why did they do this to me? But a good week, a good week nonetheless. Zach, how are you? Yeah, it's fun to see football happening and seeing these practice videos and updates and not thinking as much about the coronavirus and its effects on football and instead thinking about the actual team. But you're right. The Cade Mays news, Pruitt just kind of casually dropped it. And 
I'm, I shouldn't be surprised because it's the NCAA and I don't think they care about the kids at all. But I really did not think that this was going to happen. I thought it was a slam dunk. I have certainly ranted enough on this show about how much I hate the NCAA. Uh, <laughs> Didn't help their calls. So I don't think I need to do it more, but this did. It threw a wrench in my whole week where I have just railed and railed and railed about this on, on social media, in my personal life, to my wife, to my friends. I hate the NCAA so much. All they do is get in the way. They don't do anything useful. The greatest thing they've ever done is create the NCAA basketball tournament. Thank you for that. I'm thankful. It's my favorite thing. At the same time, screw you guys. You're the worst. And I this, this annoys me to no end. So I had, I'll just give an example of something that happened this week. You know, I tweeted about Cade Mays and, and the waiver or something. I had a Georgia fan drop in and the person was like, name one player who transferred in conference and got to play first year back. So uh, pretty easy answer there. Van Jefferson went from Ole Miss to Florida. Uh, very, very good wide receiver, I would say in terms of his importance at that position, as good of a wide receiver as Cade Mays is an offensive lineman. And uh, he got to play immediately. Now, that situation, a tad different. His coach got fired because he cheated uh, over there at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze got canned. But uh, similarly, both of Cade Mays's, his his position coach and his original offensive coordinator both left. And his dad was filing a lawsuit against the university, or still is, I think, uh, against the University of Georgia. Plenty of reasons. Of course, Plus, this Georgia fan was like, this is apples and oranges. You're stupid. <laughs> and, you're, and, you know, of course, he's oh, wrong. Yeah. He's dumb. But um, Plus, he went I, home. He went back home. I think yes, people forget about that. He's going home. Tennessee. This is w- where he's from. It's not like he's transferring to Alabama or Texas A&M. I mean, he's going home. Yeah, this this wasn't a, a LeBron move, where he's he's moving teams to try to buy a ring. Yeah, this is definitely like, not. <laughs> no, yeah, he took a step back. Oh yeah, to go home to play with his brother, to be in this his hometown where his his family lives, to and and Tennessee. Obviously, he was committed to Tennessee for a long time, and then when everything went down with Butch Jones, he hopped ship and went to Georgia, and there was. I've even seen Tennessee fans that are a little sour on him because there, oh, yeah. there was a video of him, his the, the, I think the summer after he left high school where he was singing some song and he said, screw Tennessee. Or it was, he was remember. with a Tennessee commit at the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. That, Tanner <laughs> Antonuti. Yeah. I, yeah, I forgot about that. Tanner Antonuti, who's no longer with the team, um, I think for health reasons. I yeah, yeah. Because of that. Um, but yeah, they they were hanging out, and I, I remember that being a whole debacle. Look, he's he's eighteen, he's a kid. You get, you know, you kind of go to college, and your your priorities change. You grow up a little bit over the course of three years, and and here we are. Um, it's completely absurd, just from top to bottom. There's literally there's literally no no reason. You know, they've as I've already said, they did it with Van Jefferson. His coach has left, and he didn't want to play there anymore, so he went to Florida. They gave him immediate eligibility. What the heck is the difference here? Oh. Ole Miss was on probation. So, so what? So, I mean, the situations are a little different. Yeah. But I I would say the reasons are just as valid, if not more so. Like 
they, Van Jefferson wasn't going home to, to Florida. He was, I think he was from Florida, but it's not like he was from Gainesville. Like it's, I mean, I might be making that much up. My memory might be failing me there, but uh, I, I don't get it. With the lawsuit, I mean, that had to be an uncomfortable situation for him. I don't care. It's awkward. I mean, that's... No, Van Jefferson was from Brentwood, Tennessee. What am I... Oh, yeah, just Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee was in on him. I forgot. Yeah, that's true. Um, Anyway. Yeah, with Cade Mays, I mean, I can't imagine staying there in that situation Um, and not bashing Georgia by any means or the football program. I don't know the ins and outs of how Kirby Smart treated him or, or treats the players. Um, but just the situation as a whole, your parents have filed a lawsuit against the school because he literally lost his finger. Um, Sam Pittman had to put it on ice to, to keep it. I mean, that's got to be a weird situation. You can't blame him for wanting wanting to transfer, wanting to go back home. I mean, I, I, I look at it like and with, this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. W- with the NCAA literally on the verge of passing the one-time transfer rule, which would have been passed this, I guess, this offseason, it kind of got yeah. tabled. I mean, it's going that way anyway. Why deny it? So much about this is just so frustrating. I, t- to me, the most telling thing, that this, that this transfer is a given, that this should be immediate eligibility is this fact Georgia's offensive line year over year from last year to this year. I don't want to say it got decimated. That's probably a strong word, but like the two best guys on the line got, I believe then they both get drafted in the first round. Like mm-hmm. they were great. But the players. Titans took one of them, right? Yes, they did. Yeah. And uh, so like they lost their two anchors. I believe they lost another kid to a transfer or just graduation. Some, something like that. Um, and, I mean, he was going to be the anchor, more more or less. I, I haven't looked at the exact projection of what their offensive line was going to look like, but he was going to be a 12-game a, a starter without a doubt and, and one of the best guys on that line. And he said, no, it's not like this was about playing time. This wasn't any – like, this was a very personal, I'm sure very difficult to, decision well, to he make. knew he knew going into transferring that the risk of not playing this year was there. And he knew it. Yes, he should be ruled eligible, but it's the NCAA. You never know what they're going to do. So he knew the risk was going to be there. And this is a year that he could parlay into a, you know, being a first or second round draft pick too. This is an important year for him. Oh yeah, and and I, you know, I we're, we're acting like the NCAA has some kind of standards on this. I mean, you, you look you look to to last year with Euros Plavšić and Tennessee basketball. Um, Euros had sat out the previous year all the way. I mean, he was injured. He had sat out the full previous year and still for a full half season. That yeah. When is what? Late December season, or yeah. At literally right smack in the middle of the season, just kind of out of nowhere. The NCAA was like, okay, fine. We'll let him play. It's complete nonsense. Just there. There's no logic. There's no nothing. It's just arbitrary. Some somebody at the NCAA hates Tennessee. I I don't know. I I even asked. I asked this on social media. Is this Tennessee's fault? Like, who is filing these waivers? What are they doing? They did Does wait someone pretty at the long. NCAA hate them. They they did. They only did it. I believe it. Was, they only filed it June? Maybe like a month ago. It was like yeah, sometime late June, I believe. Yeah, and and so I they they filed it later than you would think, maybe. Especially um, since he transferred in January. 
Yeah. This, you would think, <laughs> given the NCAAs, like, they're not very timely in, in these yeah, no kidding. instances. Uh, you would think they would file that pretty early. But is is this an in-house problem? We're just... We, we've either pissed off somebody over there or... Uh, like somebody who whoever is doing it in house is not the best at it. I you know that I've seen administrators. Oh, the Tennessee's compliance team is is great. Well, are they? Because I'm not seeing the results right now. Uh, and maybe it is just the NCA being a dumpster fire. But even you know, I, I saw like some people were saying, oh, it's because he he played the bulk of last season. He was a starter at Georgia last season. That One shouldn't of the best be a factor linemen. at all. And and. and I you even saw let's let's see I posted this on Twitter too, um, yeah Louisville cornerback Katrell Clark a transfer from Liberty was granted a, uh, a an immediate transfer waiver. He started seven games last year. That's not that's not a thing. the The extenuating circumstances shouldn't make a difference. There have been cases with far fewer extenuating circumstances where somebody gets immediate eligibility, and that's. A- it's just I, it's sometimes it's about more than football. With Cade Mays, I think it's about more than football because, like you said, it's, I mean Georgia is a legitimate title contender this year. He could probably, and you've seen how Tennessee players kind of fall in the draft. I mean, he'd be better off staying at Georgia as far as being oh, drafted. Yeah. His success. This isn't necessarily a pure football decision. Obviously, that's a factor. But it's not a pure football decision. It's about more than football, and I feel like the NCAA doesn't look at the personal reasons for these transfers at all. No, I, I really don't think <laughs> it. It is almost like they're just sitting in some office throwing darts at the wall and being like, "Oh, well, you know, that hit uh, it hit two inches to the right, so he's not eligible." Nah, you know, like I would. How do you get that job? How do you get that? How do you Seriously, apply? <laughs> who are these people? Yeah, let's have these people like unmasked. We, you know, we we can unmask whistleblowers in the government. Mm-hmm. How about we unmask these people? Because they really are these these, these phantom people. It's just the NCAA. <laughs> That's all. You know, we don't really know who they are. Eligibility officials. I I don't know exactly how that process works, but it's not working for Tennessee. I I can say that much. It needs to change. I I could rant about this for forever probably but there there was so much work it's, it's gonna be a, a jam-packed show we're already 13 minutes in just with that one topic and there's plenty more where that came from uh something that we touched on last week the the schedule for the sec dropped on monday i think it was probably a ratings hit for the sec uh for the sec network and i know i watched it at least and I I will say this, as much as I feel like Tennessee gets totally screwed over, their schedule order, not that bad. Not certainly not as bad as it could have been. There there's not really a stretch with a ton of incredibly tough games all stacked together. And I will say something I never thought would ever happen. Florida is the final game of the season. What the heck is that? I mean, that's exciting. I mean, I, first off, the Florida thing, as the schedule kind of started unfolding and it got towards the end, I still kind of thought Vanderbilt was going to be the last game, and then I understood that they were trying to keep that the same week as it always is, I guess, kind of after Thanksgiving, some some normalcy there. Mm-hmm. Once I realized Florida's going to be in December, I was like, one, this is – I think this is to Tennessee's advantage. 
I think we talked last week about how many times it feels like if Tennessee would have played Florida later in the year, maybe the game would have had a different outcome. But, yeah, they really avoided a tough stretch of any sorts. I mean, you got Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama is probably the roughest stretch. They should beat Kentucky. It's it's the home game. But that's kind of the worst of it, really. From from top to bottom, the, the opening week against South Carolina is, again, far more favorable <laughs> than I probably thought it was going to be. I was expecting Auburn or something. Yes, I, I was thinking some – I was expecting Alabama, honestly. Like, just, of course, I, I think they, they kept that. Yeah. I guess it's the – is that the that's the third Saturday in October? The uh, no, it's the fourth. The fourth, the fourth Saturday. In October. Which is kind of where it's been. It's rarely even on the actual third Saturday yeah, anymore. Hold fast to that. But um, at South Carolina, I think that's a nice barometer game to start things off. You're gonna kind of get to feel out like South Carolina is kind of in a similar situation to Tennessee. Tennessee has more talent. I think that's a total given mm-hmm. here. They they whipped South Carolina last year, beat them by 20 points. They should do it again this year, frankly. Um, if Jared Garantano has taken steps forward, like we hope he has, we'll see. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but, you know, if, if Tennessee has progressed in the way that they should, this should be a win. And it should kind of be, you know, just if it should be a win, does Tennessee win by three? Does Tennessee win by 20? Where exactly are we at? And then you go the very next week, Missouri at home, again, very favorable. As of right now, Tennessee's going to have 25% capacity. You'll be playing in front of a home crowd. Um, and so I, I like that initial setup. Then you got to go to Georgia and it gets tough. But this, I, I like it. I, I like where this is going. And then, it, yeah, I think Florida at, as the last game of the season, that's a gift. The last time Tennessee played Florida as the final game of the season was 2001. The game got delayed because of 9-11. Uh, it was the week of 9-11. So it was supposed to be, and it got moved to the end of the season. Ultimately, Tennessee won that game um, and and had a shot at a bid in the national championship. Uh, I think we mentioned that yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this, this, is, this is exciting to me. I even said on last week's show, I think this is why we brought it up, because I said, I want Florida late in the season. Every year, Tennessee plays them second or third on the schedule, and they always just get totally shell-shocked. You know, that's kind of what I was expecting now that I think about it was Florida first because it's that same time of year. Yeah, and I didn't know because Georgia, Georgia has been playing Tennessee a lot lately in early October. Um, I know I, it was originally scheduled, I think, for November this year, but they kind of moved it back to where it has been. It seems like a lot of these games, they kind of kept where they usually are. So that Florida, I mean, I guess they just know, I mean, they were smart with the schedule. They know everybody's going to be watching week one no matter what. So the oh, yeah. there's not really any great games that week. And they're kind of saving them for later in the season. And that December 5th, I mean, that's usually the SEC championship game. Instead, you get Florida, Tennessee. And that's going to be huge, assuming we, we get to there. I, I do think Tennessee's season, in some sense, gets made or broken in the first four games. Are you three and one? When you face Alabama, that has to be the, yeah. the floor, which means you beat South Carolina, Missouri, and Kentucky, and you lose at Georgia. To me, that's totally acceptable. That's totally fine. Uh, losing to Kentucky, Missouri, or South Carolina is not acceptable at all. You can't do it. You just can't. And and so now, if you lose to one of those three, five and five is probably the best you're going at that point. Yes. I feel like 
exactly. It's downhill from there. If if you lose to any of South Carolina, South Carolina, Missouri, or Kentucky, it's all downhill from there, I think. And um, but you just have you have a real chance. Theoretically, when I when I look at this, uh, Tennessee through Arkansas in week what is that week six through Arkansas, Tennessee should be four and two. You go into Texas A and M, total toss up. You go to at you go to Auburn, total toss up. Vanderbilt's a win, and and at that point, you say let's say you split Texas A and M and Auburn, you're you would be six and three. Yeah. No. Six, yeah, and three, six, yeah. and, six and three going into Florida. Six and three going into Florida. And I I don't know if that game will be for the SECs. Probably not. I, I highly doubt that with three losses. But it will be significant, if nothing else, for the future of Tennessee football, I think. Oh, that would be uh, huge. The, a win in that game to go seven and three and really kind of supplant yourself i mean who knows if we're gonna have ball games where exactly that will put tennessee we'll see um but to really just kind of supplant yourself where truly if florida makes tennessee seven and three i go tennessee is back is that too is that premature that's a good season i think if you go seven and three beat florida and the georgia alabama games are competitive you're not getting blown out 45 to 10 in those games if they're within 10 points or so because that's what I've said all along when Tennessee's back is when that Tennessee Alabama game is competitive and kind of a toss-up game every year like when that game you don't really know what to expect because you accept losing that game or you don't accept it but you know I mean it could go either way that's what that's when Tennessee's back to me I agree and and hopefully that that ends up being the case. Tennessee, I don't want to say they they gave Alabama a run for their money last year, but they, I yeah they, they didn't get run out of the building. Yeah, they didn't yeah, get run they, out of the building at all. They played better than I thought they would, and I I think Lord willing, let's all pray. If all this happens as it should, I I really like this schedule for Tennessee. It's not completely ideal. I would probably flip. Texas A&M and, and Arkansas and and but other than that like I think it's about as good as you can get and you could really make a statement in an all SEC schedule if you go seven and three you beat Florida like the opportunity is there uh I mean that's huge seven and three in a 10 game SEC schedule is basically like winning 11 games almost in a yeah, normal essentially season. yeah that, that's a to me, that's at minimum like a ten, a ten. Ten, yeah, yeah. Because you, at at that rate, you would have gone six and two in the SEC, um, which would have put you with the bye games. You would have gone nine and two, and then you have the additional Oklahoma, which would have been a toss up. Um, well, probably would have been a loss. Let's be honest. But, um, so I. I'm I'm extremely excited. I, I'll say that. I got giddy on Monday just seeing all of the schedules, all of them. I was like, man, if this happens as it's planned currently, this is going to be so awesome. Even with the uh, basically everybody in the SEC so far, not everybody has announced anything, but uh, a lot of teams, including Tennessee, have announced that they're going to have 20 to 25 percent capacity so that everybody can be nice and spread out and whatever. Um, 